Blog Talk Radio. Witches. My name is Rain Star, and you are with me and an amazing guest for the hour. But before we get to the show, Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So if bad language, potential bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you, but I'll grow up. <laughs> Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison, please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs. Dorothy's amazing. Her products are amazing. Check it out. That's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. All right. For the hour, my friend, the amazing speaker, author, writer, chanter, meditation leader, if there's something to be done, this man does it. Evo Dominguez, Jr., whose new book is The Four Elements of the Wise, Working with the Magical Powers of Earth, Air, Water, and Fire. Hey, Evo, how are you? I'm doing good. I, just before the call, I uh, was outside uh, watering plants in the garden, which always puts me in a good mood. That's wonderful. You know, I'm going to be really honest with you. I start reading your book, and it's like getting smacked in the back of the head for somebody who has been in a practice for so long that I have forgotten. I have forgotten basic things about being a witch. And, you know, as a Gardnerian Wiccan, you know, we call when we draw down power and Guardians here, guardians there. You know, we have our wards. We have our altars. We have, you know, the element of smoke for air, uh, Mm -hmm. fire in the censure. A chalice has water. Um, What did I forget? Earth. I have earth on my altar. I have the elements. And and addressing the creatures. But see, here's the thing. I'm forgetting what it means. I don't even, I don't put the credence into the the basics. Everything that I have learned during this pandemic has apparently flown out of my pea brain. And all of these things I'm learning, all of, all of the amazing authors that I'm lucky enough to have conversations with, it's like everything is telling me get back to basics. Is that why you wrote this book? Is this is this just one in the litany of things that you're going to imp- – because I know you've got so many books, and I know you're writing more books. Yep. So it just seems like it's a chain. You know, everything you impart, all this knowledge you, you're trying to, like, get out there. Um, are you finding that I'm not the only person who is neglecting these things? 
Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, I, I think we all do it, and, and I'm going to say that uh, there, there is a thing I'm going to loosely call pandemic brain, uh, and, and I'll uh-huh. confess up that, that, that uh, you know, as an extreme extrovert, uh, the isolation uh, was difficult for me. And, mm-hmm. and that's despite having a, a loving community and, and lots of Zoom contact and living in nature so I can go outside and whatnot. But even if that weren't the case, I think one of the things that happens is that when we become comfortable with something, it's easy to forget its value. When we are no longer mm-hmm. striving to learn it, it begins to drift. It, it no longer has novelty and it no longer has uh, um, the same kind of urgency to pay attention. And the thing about the elements is that mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways they're one of the most forgiving things we work with because, uh, let's be real, it doesn't matter which path, if, if you're doing witchcraft, it's not necessarily safe. Uh, right. things can, But the elements are pretty forgiving and 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 because it is possible to get useful results, whether it's in creating sacred space or doing uh, elemental work in, in spell work or in ritual, because they're willing to show mm-hmm. up and work relatively easily, it's easy to say, oh, I guess that's all I need. That's as far as down into the depths as I need to go because I'm getting the results that I need. But it's easy to build up a, mm-hmm. a set of uh, diminished expectations, or I'm going to compare it to any relationship. Uh, anybody that's mm-hmm. in a long-term relationship, uh, it cycles up and down where 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 uh, your partner is or partners are very important to you and that become a focus of you, and then um, it may ebb to the point where you're comfortable and it's in the background, and then it comes up. Oh my God, I, I, don't, I don't know how I, I'm seeing you again for the first time, with the depth of, of having mm-hmm. years together. So I, I think that all witches or anybody who works with the elements will go through cycles of. Um, forgetting them because they're they're like a, a trusted partner that's always there. And if it's and yeah, any it's taking for granted. Yeah, and and, yeah. and and the good news is that uh, uh, it it doesn't take much but a shift of awareness and attention for us to remember mm-hmm. the value of our, our our physical partners and remember the value of our invisible or uh, uh, spiritual partners as well. But the elements book. Also is because, uh, so I teach a lot of workshops, and indeed I'm going to say that I love teaching workshops in, in person or even Zoom, even though it's, I don't like it as much. I love teaching. Mm-hmm. And I, again and yeah. again, what I find is that when I'm teaching, there are notable gaps in people's uh, background or knowledge about various things. Um, and yep. And, and that's on one level. I mean, I expect certain things that are people in, in our tradition or, or part of one of our covens because they were trained this way. But when I'm teaching folks yeah. in the general uh, community, then I have to figure out, what. okay, what? how do they view it or what, what piece of it uh, don't they know or what part's missing. And the book was also an attempt to put things down. So if you are someone, uh, regardless of which kind of magical background, and you want to fill in some gaps in awareness or extend mm-hmm. what you already know, the book is that for that as well. And there's, you know, the evil master mm-hmm. plan, which is, in my in my mind, all my books are just chapters in, in the bigger books that I'm writing over the course of my whole life. And yeah. all, my book, all my books dovetail together. So, like, if you read the astrology book, it gives you some of the elements set up from an astrology perspective for the elements book. If you mm-hmm. read the elements book, 
it sets you up to better understand. Yeah. I, mean, I think I, uh, once upon a time, a, a saintly, crazy lady, my first teacher of astrology, uh, uh, Ellen Reardon, and she was yeah. kind of like, you know, uh, anti-name meets a hippie. I don't know. Um, she was she was very <laughs> <laughs> I, I, visually I think that's probably as good as it's going to get, um, but she uh, had a de- desert island uh, exercise that she would have people do, and for folks who haven't heard that uh-huh. uh, phrase before, if you were stuck on a desert island and you were stuck and these were the things you had to do to figure things out and do it on your own, you said, well, knowing nothing more than the the four elements and the modalities of cardinal, fixed, and mutable, because each sign is an element plus a modality. I'd like you to, if that's all you knew uh-huh. about the signs, tell me what the signs mean. And you know, if you follow the order of cardinal, fixed, mutable around the zodiac, and you find, and you follow the order in which the elements are uh, depicted in the zodiac, which is a little different than what it is in, in many magical systems, you basically go, holy crap, all, everything that all the signs are about can be can be a... Uh, bootstrapped up from just their element and their modality. So it just tells you how much is hidden within the concepts. And, and I have friends that are herbalists, and I said, how many times have you run into descriptions of recipes for either magical things like oils or incenses or medicinal things, and there's a, a, a elemental assignment to them? Have you ever taken the time to figure out, well, why Always. that combination? Yeah, and then you go, like, why that combination or why that proportion? And there's a little no. more nuance that you should go. No, but you know, but, I will be the first in the class to say no. But you know, but but, but I, if you but but if, kind of like, but if you know, but that the thing is that if you know uh, that that gives you one more clue. If you ever have to alter it, or if you ever have to modify True. it for one reason or another, or if you're trying to create something from scratch, and you're trying to get just yeah. the right imprint of energy. And, you know, and I took so, it for granted. So, yeah, go ahead. I yeah. You're so so here's, here's what I'm hearing, Evo, and you know yep. that I love you more than a lot, more than yeah. I love most people. But the fact of the matter is, is that my lazy ass, I've been practicing magic since I was 13, completely untrained, completely making mistakes. Yep. really almost doing permanent damage in places I had no business being because I was young, untrained. But you know what? Even when you're young and untrained, oh, yeah. the magic can still work. And, it, and oh, you've got to be really careful. I mean, it's it's kind of scary. I really I messed up some stuff. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that even though I've been at this as long as I have, and I'm going to be 60 in a few months, I'm still a basically lazy-ass witch. <laughs> it's just true. Are you, uh, so here's, are you effective? Is my magic effective? It appears yeah. to be, but I'm still well, lazy go. as shit. Well, but uh, here's uh, the you, thing. All right. This is why I need you, because I need you to bring me back to basics. No, no, I mean, you're laughing, and I'm, I'm sure other people are laughing at me, too. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not the only lazy bitch out there. So I'm saying this is why I need this book, because there's so much – if my magic's already effective – how much better would my magic be if I start employing what you've got in this book? 
makes a world of difference. The knowledge that yes. we're bypassing in the day-to-day could be the thing that makes your magic go from holy shit that worked to yeah, damn right that worked. Watch what I do next. Because right. I have to believe that as a person who uses magic, which I am, there is still that element of surprise and wonder when I cast a spell and that thing goes off. Yep. How much better would it be if I actually knew more about how to use what I have, the information that I rely on you to give me, if I would just absorb some of it a little better and use it myself instead of being the lazy-ass witch that I am. Kids, I'm almost 60, and I'm like back at basics here. So if you're a younger witch than me, there's plenty of time to, like, absorb this information. I'm just saying this is the kind of thing that we lose track of every day in the day-to-day in our magic, even if you have a daily practice. Even if your practice is you practice once a week, use right. this is all the stuff in the toolkit that you, you've got to incorporate all of the tools, not half the tools. Your magic will be more effective. I love the fact that you call the book The Four Elements of the Wise. Why was that your title? Tell me, please. Okay, and, and, and that's an oldie moldy because that was the distinct distinction that was made to me very early on when I was a you know baby witch in the uh, late 70s early 80s and mm-hmm. and and the distinction was made because and I'm going to borrow a, 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 a Christian term for a moment it's because one of my teachers care. was mm-hmm. was like I don't want you to be idolaters and she and she went on to proceed so here's the thing that candle flame in front of you is not fire that bowl of water in front of you is not water. And, you know, she went through the whole bowl of salt and a feather that she had. So I, she said, when you work with the elements, if you are of the Wicca, of the wise, you are going to see mm-hmm. that that flame and that bowl of water and that crystal or that bowl of salt or whatever are merely the bodies for the incarnated spirits of those elements. And, right? And yeah. she said... You're looking for yeah. their spirit. You're looking for their energy. So it's easy to look at that candle flame and think that you're seeing the flame. No, you're seeing the flame's body. So the elements that, of the you wise, know what? How yeah. that's amazing because how like people. It's not that I right. love the body of Evo. It is that I love the the essence, the person, the spirit right. of Evo. Wow. And it, but the How elements of the wise is such a it, complex it, thing. It, but, it, it, but it's a beautiful thing if you think of it as what you're trying to do is treat the elements as if you were treating another person or another, or another animal companion. And I like to use that example too. Because what you're looking for is their essence mm-hmm. and their spirit. And the fact that they have a physical presence in front of you just makes it easier for you to know where to look. <laughs> but it isn't them. Right. It's only part of them. Yeah. That's, I like that that is that makes so much sense. And uh, and uh, and uh, something I I like to tell people to do is to talk to them. But here's how I want you to talk to them. A lot of a lot of people I know have uh, dogs, cats, parrots, pet rats, whatever it is that they have in their household. 
And if, if you don't, you still observe this. And people will have t conversations where they speak for they, they speak, and then they also uh, answer themselves, speaking for the animal, right? Yeah. You know what? That's actually a useful training tool because if people, when people do that, they begin to intuit and sense what that animal is trying to communicate. And the words when they speak for the animal, of course, it's playful and joking at first. But honestly, you're kind of using your voice like a mm -hmm. pendulum or a Ouija board for the animal. And you begin to learn how to tune mm -hmm. into its expression so you talk for it. When you begin to talk to a flame, talk to a crystal, talk to a bowl of water, talk to the breeze coming in the window and talk back for it, you begin to t tell yourself, please allow my intuition, my psychism, my connection to that spirit to come through. So in, in a way, you begin to create a dialogue uh, with, with uh, that, that element in that very playful way, but it works. So let me see if I understand. Yeah. Let me see if I understand. So much the way, like, when, a, when you're training a puppy and yep. the puppy starts to whine and you're like, are you hungry? Do you want to go out? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to go out, don't you? You mm -hmm. seem like you want to go out. So it's the same, is it kind of like, not necessarily in that tone, because but, I'm but, sure but, a spirit might consider idea. that condescending. But, but it's the same idea. You're paying attention, you're, you're giving it voice, and, and, and on some subtle level, either you're picking up on clues or it's, or it's nudging you so that you, so you're nudged to the correct answer. Interesting. Because Fascinating. Because the is we're, we're all very controlling. Even people would say that they're not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I'm totally, say, I'm a freak. People that say that they're not, right? So, uh, right. I'm, so I'm an ENTJ for any people that uh, have, have played around with the Myers-Briggs thing. So it is in my nature to tell people yep. what to do. And I, I spend a lot of time sitting on my hands or chewing holes in, in the side of my cheeks or biting my tongue to allow <laughs> other people to talk. So uh, one of the things that uh, happens when when you're doing that thing is that you give you give yourself the illusion of still being in control because you're talking. Mm -hmm. But really, yeah. it's a, but but really, it's a way. It, it, I'm 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 serious. It's almost like your 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 voice and the words that you come up with become the pendulum, the dowsing rod, the Ouija board by which the elemental awareness begins to nudge back when you and give you an answer. So. So, mm -hmm. so that it's just a, it's a playful way, but you end up being in, in connection. And even though I'm going to say that there are a lot of things in, in the book that are, okay, you're going to have to read that five times and, and think about it and then go back again yep. later, there's a lot of stuff that mm -hmm. if, if you pay attention, there's immediate utility for it. And, and but I'm going to point out one of the things. Like uh, I've become, among my friends, the person that people come when they have sat on their glasses and bent them out of recognizable shape. Or, or bend something okay. up. So, Evo, can, can, can you please bend this back into order so I can put it on my face? And more often than not, I'd mm -hmm. manage to do it without breaking it. And they go, how'd you do that? Wow. Well, because I'm a witch, and when I'm holding it, I, I, I actually try to make myself, okay, if it's metal, if it's plastic, whatever it is, I try to feel the earth in it. I try to feel the way that, it, that its structure lines up inside. I try to talk to whatever flexibility, whatever fluid quality it has, and I try to push heat in my hands to make it softer. And to, and so basically I try to tune into the elements as they exist in that frame and help me to guide when to push and when not to push. 
And I think your subtle energy, because you do talk a lot about the yeah. subtle energy, the yeah. subtle body, and I, yeah. I could see where that would come into play to know how much pressure to give, when to back off. My problem is when going back to what you were saying about giving voice to the elements, because I'm a control freak, I'm always afraid that I am pushing my intention and not listening. So it's it's similar to what you described before about chewing the inside of your cheek to let other people have room. I find I do that with spirits, with elements, you know, when I'm trying to invoke or get an answer from a scrying bowl or looking into a flame and trying to read the flame that way. I'm always afraid I'm putting my thoughts into it as opposed to experiencing what I'm being told. How do I'm still not good at that kind of discernment. So I think I think that uh, that everybody does what you've just described. I think you're just more aware of the mm-hmm. fact that that's part of your nature. So you're trying to yeah. directly. So I'm going to say that the elements don't have language. They have consciousness, they have being, they have spirit, they have awareness. But the thing that we call language is is made out of, you know, words uh, and cultural concepts. So when we try to communicate with something that is not verbal uh, in the sense that we are, but intelligent, I I think what happens is it basically takes the images and the words that we have used and cuts cuts them all up into pieces and creates a collage um, and and holds it up and says, is this what you mean? Or or this is my answer. So it's always going to be in your words, but the thing to look for is have they been rearranged? Okay. If it sounds like, of course it's going to sound like you. Of course it's going to sound like you because it's using you as uh, a, a template for it. Did you ever see any of the cheesy... Uh, Transformer movies, the horrible car robot thingies. Oh yeah, sure. I love Megan <laughs> like Fox. Are you kidding? I like the car- <laughs> I like the I like the cartoons better than the movies. I, I will I will be fess up. But uh, Bumblebee, who uh-huh. who spoke with snippets of uh, radio transmissions. Yeah. All right. Well, some my dogs may begin to sing for us in a moment in the background. So so what oh, I'm saying is that. <laughs> yeah, very. She likes to sing. I know. Oh! <laughs> We're being serenaded. We'll see if I can see, calm if them down. Anything about? No, you're fine. Anything? Anytime I talk to Evo, I ask him about his babies. Yes. So well, the babies and, and, decided to and, serenade. And, uh, and, and my my gym was away for a week on a on a on a thing. He's getting and and uh, so they're extra lonely. And, and if I'm not in the room with them, they begin to wonder: Is life normal? Will it ever return to normal? Uh, anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Daddy, but, the other daddy's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So because they don't get as many snuggles. So. So, so any time uh-huh. that we communicate with, with spirits, especially ones that aren't verbal in the sense that we are or individuated in the sense that we are, then they're always going to make yeah. kind of like a, a little uh, vision board collage or, or uh, a terrorist chop-up note 
uh, to try, but it's going to be made yeah. out of the material of our material of our consciousness because they don't have those right. things. They have their own version, um, and and also so 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 I would say look for signs that your words have been rearranged in novel ways, or see mm-hmm. if if see if uh, part of the answer or part of the impression because it may just be impressions and images is something that you weren't thinking of but yeah. is perhaps of a memory or something that is, is you're doing later in the day or whatever because they're not in the same kind of time frame as we are so that they're going to pick up on things from before and after as well. And the more, and the more you try to connect with them, the more that they'll be able to. Now, here's yeah. why I think it's possible for us to communicate with them and vice versa. We're made out of the elements. Mm-hmm. So uh, and and there and if you're a good old animist like me and believes everything's alive in one form or another, everything has spirit yes. in one form or another, then that means that yes. if, that there there that uh, there are elementals within us as well that have taken up residence here, and these things we call our bodies. Which and leads me I'm, to another question. Cool. As soon as you're done finishing that, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Say, I'm just it, but, but basically, basically that means that. Uh, we, that uh, within us is a piece of, of their community, of their collective, if you will, and thereby, um, you know, those are little Rosetta stones of, made out of their own material that are in us so that we have a connecting point with yeah. their kind of consciousness because some of them live in us. And that is what I was going to ask you. What is the difference between an element and an elemental, because sometimes I hear people use them interchangeably, yeah. and yeah, my understanding is that they are not the same thing. They're not. Um, I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's it's in the same kind of stuff that if, if we have time, I'll I'll do the quick rant about uh, 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 nature spirits and fey and elementals are not the same thing. Please do. Please <laughs> they do. Are not, do your rant. All right. Well, let, let me do. just go there for a minute. I mean. How about this? Uh, okay. You could have all sorts of different kinds of plants and animals that may inhabit the same landscape, uh, but being in the, living in the same landscape, the other worlds, does not mean that they are all one thing or related. Um, I'm actually going mm-hmm. to say that uh, if you look at the diversity of life in the physical realm, and the physical realm has really mm-hmm. sharp limits about what's possible, what things work, what things don't work, and imagine that the other realms, whichever, whatever you call them, the rules of existence are a little bit more flexible than they are in dense, hard matter, then you can imagine that the number of species of beings and life of a diff- without physical form is even bigger than that. Yeah. So there are millions upon millions of things. But to be fair, I think of, the, of, of mm-hmm. uh, people or beings that are fey as being very individuated like us having their own selfhood, yeah. having their own personal identity, and having their own history and existence. Um, I think of nature spirits as being made of elementals, but you know what, so are we, but attached to right. being the consciousness of specific places, whether that be a river, a valley, a field, uh, a park, it doesn't matter, but they, they are consciousness that is the consciousnesses that are of the world, and are a mixture of things. Elementals are beings that they're that 99.9. I'm just going to leave it at that. 99.9 of their material and their essence and their spirit is of one element, not mm-hmm. a mixture of elements, but are of one element. 
And the difference between an mm-hmm. elemental and an element is the difference between, oh, the chemicals that uh, you, if you mix in solution would be the equivalent of uh, the proportion of, uh, of elements in the human body. So that they're the raw material. The elements are the raw material. Elementals are those things that have become self-aware to some degree, however small that is. I mean, uh, the sunflowers I was watering today have a, their own kind of self-awareness, different from mine. So elementals are, are right. beings that are of one element and have their own, and their awareness of the world is through the lens of the consciousness style of that one element. But here's the part where I think people fall down, and because. There are mm-hmm. elementals that are the equivalent of algae, and there are elementals that are the equivalent of, of demi-divine being. It's a full spectrum uh-huh. of ecology from extremely small little little drops of water to to an elemental that is, is the size of the whole ocean. But I think the I have to make a statement. Yeah, go for it. I, I have to make I have to make a statement. Because this is something I hear all the fucking time, and I'm sorry, but this drives me insane when I hear someone refer to themselves as an elemental. What you actually mean is (laughs) you're not actually an elemental. You actually are attracted to certain elements or a certain element, and that's fine. Which is totally cool. But that doesn't make a person... Which is totally fine, but it, but please, language means nothing if we lose all definition. Please understand, and it's please, not a slam yeah. per se. No, no, and there are people I mean, that are strongly, it's, it's, yeah, they're strongly drawn absolutely. to one or two particular elements. Absolutely, yeah. But you yeah, know what? Yeah. That, but that, I've heard it just. No, you're a human being. It just being. makes me nuts. I'm sorry. Well, and, and it also <laughs> you're a human that. being. You're a human being, which is a lovely thing. And by the way, human beings are made out of all four elements plus spirit. Yes. And that's a good thing. Um, uh, and now, yes, because you know what? The elementals wouldn't have uh, as, as much fun or as much utility in interacting with us. Because when, here's, here's the thing. When they work with us, they get something out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when so... When they are in contact with us, whether it's we've created sacred space in, in casting a circle, casting and calling, or we're charging up a, a mojo bag or, or a crystal, or doing any other kind of thing, working with a candle, when they are in contact with us, they get glimpses of this strange and other reality, which is the other elements that they're not mm-hmm. made out of. And that's a huge gift. To right. Them. That's a huge gift to them. Wow. Because unlike uh, some early teachers that I, uh, medieval and Renaissance teachers, I don't think that they stay put. I think all life evolves, though evolution is a lengthy process rather than a quick process. Mm-hmm. And right. so, so that they can become more. I, I think that curled up in every water elemental, there's a tiny little connection point to that which is air and earth and fire, because you know what? If they didn't, they'd have no rules of engagement, and the elements are always in interaction with each other. Which leads me to another question. Yep. When we work with elements, it's really working with as opposed to control. Is that correct, or is there a certain amount of control that we are trying to enforce? Now, I'm not talking about... I know. 
stopping a fire from going rampant or not, you know, stopping water from, from leaking into your closet from the floor above. But I'm talking about on the spiritual level, we're working with elements, not controlling them. Is that accurate? Mostly. Mostly. Here's the part where, okay. um, where, where there's, and I, and I think that this is because in, in some traditions, uh, people have to learn how to master or control the elements before they move on to their next elevation or whatever. And I, and I actually think that uh, there is no such thing as having that kind of control or mastery in a direct sense. However, mm-hmm. um, if most, time, with most things that I think the approach I always take is to try to communicate, persuade, and try, try to find common ground or good reason for their participation. However, mm-hmm. I am also made of the elements, and the elements that are of me, the, the, the fire that's my metabolism, um, the, the, the solidity of, of my bones, I mean, the, the elements that are in me, um, mm-hmm. we all pretend to be one thing. Yeah. So that the elements well. within me will have an impact on their kin. So if I ask a dear close friend, or if I, well, I only have, I don't have blood, I have exactly two blood relatives that I'm even slightly close with, and that's two uh, cousins. Mm-hmm. But, if, but for people, yeah. who, I'm going to use the family thing as a comparison for a moment. So if somebody that yeah. you consider family, family of choice or family of blood, says, hey, can you help me out with this? Uh, barring some uh, major obstacle for it, I'm just going to do it because they're they're my family. So right. When, of course. When we are in an when we are in enough connection with the elements that we are made out of, then the elements that we ask mm-hmm. favors of view us as kin, view us as family. Ah. Uh, okay. Okay. So in so addition respect. to learning something about the other universe that humans see, or the thing that that, but when when we that's why that's why uh, when when casting and calling when charging a crystal when doing elemental healing or what <clears throat> any of those things I always ask people to find the element within themselves and that's not just so they can uh, use it like a tuning fork though they are to some degree so they can reach out and find it but it's also because by awakening the element within that makes them somebody that the elements without recognize. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I understand. And I'm not the brightest tool in the drawer, so <laughs> it's good if but I understand. But I, but, I, but I think that the world is, is made out of stories and relationships as much as it is about rules and power. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, because I believe everything has a spirit, um, yep. I believe everything. You can have a relationship with anything. I have a relationship with my car. True enough, not that right. kind, but it's a good relationship. It's the, a good relationship. The, the spirit, you know, I, I named my car Gaia, and that mm-hmm. car has gotten me out of more trouble right. than you can imagine. At some point, when I see you, I'll we'll have this conversation, I'm sure. But, um, but may I gotta it, tell it, you, there's stuff be. in the. Uh, may it be soon. May it be soon. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, you know, the book really had – now, I will admit, like the, the Witch's Pyramid, that whole section of the book, I read it three times. I have to go back again because 
it's not sinking in yet. I'm just being honest. Um, but I don't mind that because there are parts of the book Again, it just reminds me that I need a post-pandemic restart on my craft, and it's never too late to go back and learn more, and it's never too yep. late to incorporate more of what you're missing. You know, I, I'm so appreciative of that fact. You know, there's a lot of things in society that when you get to be a certain age or you look a certain way, there's all kinds of judgment that immediately stops you or makes other people stop you. Craft doesn't mm-hmm. do that. So, you know, uh, paganism will accept you and propel you forward if you, if you want to learn more. That avenue was always open, and we try to be kind to each other right. when we're still on that journey, and we're always on that journey. So i just got to say I'm very appreciative of this. And I love the fact that you actually want the reader to go out and make the element physical. Go and, uh-huh. and, and touch it and experience it and rethink it's not just water that you're putting your hand in or looking in a bowl at. It's not mm-hmm. just fire that's burning your incense. There is a spirit that lives in there. And I love that because it is so easy for me to forget these things in the day-to-day. And it's, I'm sure it's not just me. Um, so, yeah, while there's stuff that I really need to reprocess in this book, and I'm sure other folks will as well, it's really, you know, I think post-pandemic, a lot of us, you know, who were just trying to survive and, and keep everybody fed and sheltered yeah. and all of this, a lot of us could use kind of a restart on some of these things and and go back and maybe start a little bit over again. I mean, this book is about thoughtful consideration to the to the very basics of who we are and what we do. And I'm just so appreciative of that, and I'm sure other people will be too, because the book is amazing. It's tons and tons of information. I mean, it's there's things that you go into. There's I mean it's just full of everything. There's diagrams. There's stuff I've never seen before. I'm so embarrassed. But you know there's no embarrassment where you want to learn more or start over again. So I think it's really a beautiful book, and I'm I'm sure this is going to dovetail into your next book which I'm sure you either have completed or are still writing. How close I'm, am I, I to being correct? I've, I've got two that I'm, <laughs> I've got two running simultaneously right now. One is about um, ritual design for both individuals and groups. Oh. And it's mm-hmm. looking at the principles of what makes a good ritual work uh, and how to oh. adapt it for, for yourself and for groups how to document it, how to mm-hmm. run one, and how to teach it so someone else can do it afterwards. And I'm trying to make mm-hmm. it about principles and uh, systems of, of organizing so that regardless of which tradition or background, you'll find some utility in it. Because I think that the other thing is, you know, when good ritual is amazing and, and, and bad ritual just yeah. makes you want to cry. <laughs> 
or, or, or gnaw I've your leg off, or, both. Or, 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 or gnaw your leg off, and, and escape <laughs> the trap that you've been in for you know however many. So, so, so one book is about ritual design, and there are a couple of books yeah. out there on ritual design, but honestly, not that many, and 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 a lot of them tend no. to be very uh, lean, very hard into whichever path or tradition they come from. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw in one thing though. I, I want pagans to stop writing a brand new ritual for everything and repeat some of them, you know, because they never get any better if you don't get to repeat them and polish them and improve them, and it tur- turns into an endless series of, of ritual one night stands. Not that there's anything wrong with the one night stand, but uh, you need to polish things as well, and that only happens with repetition and debugging. Anyway. I'm also writing a book that's the... Well, don't you, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, isn't that the only way, though, really, to build tradition, is to improve on the basics uh, ritual that you have? I mean, if you're going to pass something down, if you're a coven leader or a group leader, if you're going to have any kind of a book of shadows, you can't, you, it really is not practical so, to one-off it all the time. Except a lot of groups do, and oh. and I'll and I'll, and I'll okay. also point out, and I mean a lot of groups do, in in, in the broader uh, pagan community. Well, and the other yeah. because the other thing is that most of them aren't following it. Don't come from a specific tradition or, or a recent boot up. So, uh-huh. so 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 that they don't have that yet, or but they never will have it if they don't. I mean, uh, one of our covens, actually all of our covens have cycled through at some point or another. Um, like uh, they'll mm-hmm. pick one year and, and they'll say that, okay, so um, all the moons are going to be uh, written um, uh, so people can have their hand at ritual writing and, and, and the Sabbaths will be things we've done in the past. Or the, some uh-huh. other covens may do, okay, all the cross-quarter days are going to be newly written and uh, the solstice and equinoxes will be from, uh, from uh, our old ones. But to make sure that there's enough space for both repetition and for newness. But, but nonetheless, uh, all, the, the other problem is that the vast majority of people are not in covens or groups. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say, and uh, I have but, no way of doing a, a proper pagan census on this, but I'm going to guess that 90% of people that identify as pagan or magical of some flavor or another are not part of a uh-huh. uh, ongoing group that's been around for for any length of time and therefore most of their things are one-offs interesting however i mean i'm i've been practicing solitary since my uh, hps started working hours that would not enable us sure, to have circle sure. But that's only in the last decade i still i mean maybe it's because i was raised gardnerian you, 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 came through, I, you came through a coven. That was your way in. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So maybe that's why tradition is so important to me. I find, it, I tr- I find having a certain level of standards comforting for me. Um, and maybe that's not true for the modern pagan. I don't consider myself necessarily modern. I was, you know, I came up in the early 70s. You know, that's that's when I first started getting any kind of training. Um, I, I didn't get my first degree until I was 28 years old because my mentor said, <laughs> you think this is a joke? We're going to see how serious you are, and proceeded to make me do 12 years of service. 
So mm-hmm. I was trained really old-fashioned. I lived with my mentor and his wife, I mean, the whole nine yards. Right, um, right. And I know that's not that's not possible for, you know, anymore to a large degree. If you ever get yourself in a situation like that, you're very lucky. But I maybe it's because that's how I, w- I did it that I find knowing what I'm doing at this particular equinox or that particular solstice or whatever yeah. it is, I just find that comforting because I'm still carrying forward a tradition that's kind of old. Well, but you can't have a tradition if you're not writing it down and creating some kind of a structure. I mean, of course, you know, you want to employ new things too, but there's got to be a basic structure that you're working in no matter what your path is if you want to carry that path forward and you want that path to continue after you're gone. So, so It's so just my feeling. Are, no, no, and I agree with you, and, and I, I feel the same, but that's that, that's – but I'm going, to, I'm going to give a reason to do it for the people that are listening that don't have that as part of the background or don't find that as a necessary component in their temperament. Rituals right. that have been, how about this, rituals that have been repeated uh, numerous times develop a, a level of natural and inherent power in them, which far outstrips mm-hmm. most things that are one-offs. So that over time, the repetition yeah. of a ritual and the polishing of that ritual through many voices and many hands uh, create a pattern for it, an energetic form on the astral or whatever you want to believe, a, a place where its energy is stored. So that when you mm-hmm. start doing that ritual, there is an influx of not just what is present from those in that circle, but from all those that have done that work before in that specific ritual before. So that it grows more. I mean, there's a ritual that uh, we do, well, we haven't done it for obviously because of COVID and then the year before that we were busy forever. But every couple of years there are a couple of rituals that we'll do in public and people are usually blown away. And I said, yes, that's the 32nd time that we've done that as a public ritual. And they go, 32nd year? Yeah, yeah, it's actually been more than 32 years that we've been doing that as a public ritual. So it has its own life separate yeah. from whoever the players are in that moment. So, And you don't need right. it. I, I hope that for people that are called to be in a group, be in a group. But if you aren't called to be in a group, then think of it think of yourself as a playwright or a a composer and you want to make sure that you make something that's beautiful and polished and get it just right so that many many uh, actors or 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 musicians in future years will be able to do their inter- own interpretation but it'll still be recognizable and will still carry the power that's accumulated over time mhm important so i i agree it with is. you it is important, um, and not just for temperament or reasons of personal taste. They are empowered rituals in a way that uh, uh, are, are distinctly different from other kinds of rituals. Agreed. Agreed. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention about the book, um, or just in general, really, you know, when you're a certain sign, you know, I'm a Libra, I'm an air sign, Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean, that's just part of your personality, that's that's just kind of where you are in the charting of birth, that doesn't mean you um, have to have your affinity specifically with that 
element for that reason. Um, I know a lot of folks are very attracted to fire. I'm an air sign. I'm attracted to fire. Um, I like to think that all si all um, elements feed into each other. Um, yep. You know, you can't have any of them if one of them is missing. Um, you know, air is in everything, water's in everything, earth is in everything. Um, you know, all of all of the elements. Yep. So it takes all of them it, to make it's reality. Okay to, exactly, and you know, please don't be locked into certain modalities just because of when you were born or you know the time of day you were born or the year you were born i mean it's right right you're we're, still we're a complete person and and you're able to use all of the elements you know you're able to incorporate all of them into your life don't feel like because you're one thing or another you have to stick to one specific element it's not your totality it also may it, it's also more complicated than that um, I mean, you know, if astrologically, uh, you've got uh, a variety of planets that are going to be in a variety of signs, so everybody is by default a mixture. I mean, I'm not going to say if their moon sign and mm -hmm. sun sign don't have a big impact, but you're made out of all of them, and everyone has all the elements in their chart, just in varying proportions. And yeah. having, and, and here's the kicker. There is a relationship and a connection a, 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 a valence, a polarity between the elements in, in very complicated ways. So if you look at my birth chart, I have zero air. Not a single mm -hmm. planet in air sign. And people go, well, how can that be? You, know, you don't know how to do anything but talk, Evo. So here's, <laughs> so, but, but here's the thing. And when you have people that have zero of, a, of an element in their chart, it can work out that I, you know, I could have been quiet and few of words and whatnot, but it can also work the other way. Because there's no air in my chart, the universe goes, I feel a great need over there for air, and I get too much air. <laughs> so by the power of polarity, sometimes when somebody's got not a bit of it in their chart, they end up having huge quantities of it, and it's and it's not completely moderated because there's no planet there to catch it, but the, but the universe says, wait, they need air. Uh-huh. And it's the universe's way of saying the universe, nature hates a void. Absolutely. We must fill it with something. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Evo, we are down to, oh, my, nine minutes. Oh, no. And I really want I know, I know. I, I really want to talk about what we were talking about before we went right. on the air because I think it's yeah. really important. So please, please talk about that some. Yeah, and, and I know that, uh, that uh, sometimes people say that politics and witchcraft don't go together, and I'm going to say uh, the whole world belongs to witchcraft. So the Assembly of the Sacred Wheel, yeah. which is a tradition I'm part of, spent, uh, oh, months and months and months, maybe, golly, um, maybe a little over a year, maybe actually, having meetings, having discussions uh, as a group, creating a lengthy document called A Path Towards Allyship, which basically um, you know, ex explores uh, uh, race and uh, resources for in discovering and engaging fully in your own process of development around awareness of implicit biases, ways in which you can engage and uh, links mm -hmm. to resources to so that so that and we actually at our annual retreat um, in May 
They're supposed to shake us up so that as an organization, we are trying to encourage all our members to explore uh, and become uh, more aware of what's in them, what they can work through, and how to be a more effective person in trying to uh, work against racism and other issues. We're also now in the process of doing the same thing to look at issues around human sexuality. And and that one's going to be mm-hmm. a little more complicated because uh, we're trying to speak about uh, what consent really looks like and look at uh, our, the rape culture of our society, but we're and also how we yeah. deal with the uh, with uh, all the different kinds of oppressions. But at the same time, we want to, as as good lovers of nature and the earth and and humanity, also say and we are sex positive. Being being aware of these things does not mean that we are against sex. We're against uh, oppression. We're against violence. We're against, and there's a, there's also the homophobia. But because man, I don't know how many times I've had to tell people over the years if you if if you were to come to our annual retreat when it's physical again, it's a very mixed group. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, mm-hmm. of uh, genders, identities, orientations, men and women, people of color, etc. And it's really diverse. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times over the years somebody's asked me, so if you want to be a member of the assembly, do you have to be queer and poly? And I said, no, I may be queer and poly. Did you hear what he that just does said? That does not mean that you have to be. <laughs> we have right. monogamous members. We have, you know, cis-het members. It's, the point is that, once again, it's, it's about uh, the kinds of categorizations. So, but as a tradition, yeah. we encourage that because we actually view it as as part of our, of our mission because we can't be spiritual beings that embrace the earth and all its and all its life unless we view uh, all the social ills and all the uh, challenges mm-hmm. to people being fully themselves those are all the things that are also against our sense of what health looks like in the world i'll tell you it's not been and, easy but, you know, but it's been a- good I'm sure it hasn't been because, you know, we're still we're still in a place where, you know, I think people are still very concerned and should be about safety, and Absolutely. I think looking for, and while we're still all looking for, you know, safe spaces, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you say everyone's included, um, you know, I even for me it's kind of like. You know, because I'm gender fluid and bisexual yep, and yep. pan, and there's a bunch of things in there. Um, but, you know, I still look for safe spaces, you know. So when I hear everyone's going to be there, there do, I do get that pause of, am I going to be safe? So if I'm getting that pause, I know other people are too. But I think. This is how yep. we get to making, it's a start to making everything safe, making all places safe, because we have to be able to feel safe around people who are not like us, whether they're straight or or well, whatever they are. Or, I mean, or, or, it, you or, know, or, or being, actually, this is one that in Wicca, uh, you know, so... I had to recently explain to somebody that no, we're we're totally cool with with people being asexual or demisexual, or just because yeah. because it's sex affirming doesn't mean that we expect you to be 
uh, any particular place on that spectrum either. Right, because being sex positive means no sex positive too. You know, it's exactly. not it's not just about people who are having sex. It's like we are completely positive, which means you your choice to or not to is completely supported no matter which end of the spectrum you want to be on or you are on or are approaching. Um, I have a lot of trans people in my family, yep, you know, yep. and I'm constantly talking about safety and, you know, acceptability and, and how to make life work in a straight world because it still seems a lot of the time like the world is kind of straight and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but everyone needs to feel safe. Everyone should have the same amount of grace when they go in public, mm -hmm. no matter Absolutely. what. And it's that, it's that for everybody that I'm so appreciative of what you're, you're, you're doing with your, your folks uh, to make everybody feel welcome, everybody feel safe, even people who were heretofore feeling safe already. But it's, it's, it's just good to bring people together because that's the only way we're going to fix anything. And, and that it's and, and I hate to put it this way, but it's also I'm going to say that once you become aware of, of whatever it is that uh, was uh, a, a uh, ism or misunderstanding or, or implicit bias on your mm -hmm. part, because it's around us constantly yeah. in the world we live in, it's a lot like being in recovery. Sure. It never goes away, and it's a constant uh, you know choice and struggle to make sure that you don't fall back into bad behaviors, bad attitudes, bad bad invisible. Uh, responses so it never goes away um, I'm going to say if people want to right. go to sacredwheel.org um, and click on public statements that there's a place there where you can see our uh, statement on a path towards allyship and then when we get the other mm -hmm. statements up or and, and they're more than statements they're all suggestions on what to do because I don't think statements by themselves do a whole lot um, we'll yeah. continue to post yeah. them I mean, it's a starting point, but if you don't give people ideas of, of what to do next, it doesn't go any further unless yeah. you have a community that likes to yak about these things. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I <Yep>. do. <laughs> yep. But I'm a yakker anyway. So, right. you know, I'm very appreciative of that, and I'm, I'm so glad you agreed to talk about that because I think it's important, you know, especially since we're trying to come out of this pandemic you know, it's more important than ever, I believe, because we've been so isolated for over a year, almost two at this point. You know, I find a lot of people are first learning again how to reintegrate into public spaces because it's like it's like being a mole. You know, it's been dark and, your entire life, it seems, and, and yeah, you're suddenly and, out and, in the and, light. And, it's like, and, what do I do? Yeah, and to offer some uh, some grace and understanding as well for people that are going to be, you know, I, I have friends that I'm pretty sure are going to be wearing masks for the next three years, no matter what happens medically, because they're not going to feel yeah. safe for a while. And to you know, make not sure. make it a big deal uh, as as things open up and people choose to continue social distancing or masking or whatnot. And uh, I mean, one of the, yeah. I mean, before the before we got on tonight, I, one of the, we'd had a discussion recently with our covens as each is trying to figure out guidelines for how to approach returning to meeting in person and when and how and what parameters. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think everyone has yeah. to 
work at a comfort level that includes the folks who are not yet comfortable. Right. Yeah. My, my it, gym, Kevin, know. is uh, doing their uh, summer solstice on Sunday, and uh, even though his entire coven is fully vaccinated, both shots and plenty of time, they're doing it outside, and it'll yeah. be social distanced, uh, you know, under the pavilion. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Ooh. You know, I, I just, you know, I, I, I want people to be able to feel like they can live again yep. because it's been a very scary time. I also just want to remind folks that even if you have someone in your sphere who is not vaccinated, there are a lot of reasons why people cannot get vaccinated for, you know, because of other medications they might be on or certain medical conditions do not necessarily make whatever vaccine possible. Um, You know, if everyone who could get a vaccine did, that's that's going very far to, to, to help. It really is. If we all can do our part as much as we can, um, we're going to be all right. Things are opening up. The, the cases have been falling. And, you know, we're kind of having to pull together to find a way out of this. Things are, are mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. A lot of people mm-hmm. are not going to feel safe for a long time. Please yep. give them some respect. Um, you know, I know people who are fully vaccinated, again, just as you had mentioned in, in Jim's group, um, that are just going to be practicing safety for quite some time, you know, for their comfort and for the comfort of others. Please be respectful as much as you can. Don't don't belittle anybody. I mean, I believe in the vaccine. I have certain issues that I'm working on in my own personality of people that are, let's just say, Republican who don't necessarily believe in vaccines, not because of a health issue, but because they're an asshole. Oh, did I say that out loud? Yes, I'm yes. so sorry. Um, but that's my I will personal be opinion. I, I'm I, I will be that. respectful of, of, of people that are moving at their own pace, have, have, issue, have physical issues, why they can't, and so on. However, if you yeah. start talking about, about chips and 5G antennas and crap like that, then I have no room Thank in you. my life for that. And that was where I was going next. Thank oh, you yeah. for doing that for me because that is exactly yeah. where I was going. Yeah, I, so. I, I will not be <laughs> kind and patient with that. No. I, if you're anti-science, you're anti-reality, and you think Trump is still president, please get the fuck off my planet. But that's just my opinion. Anyway, Evo, thank you so much. Everybody, the book is The Four Elements of the Wise, Working with the Magical Powers of Earth, Air, Water, and Fire. The guest tonight was the amazing, beloved Evo Dominguez, Jr. You can find him at evodominguezjr.com. He is going to be everywhere, aren't you? Tell the folks where they're going to find you aside from that, Evo. Man, as soon as things open up a bit, I'm, I, I will be at every gathering that will have me. I know for sure that I'll be at the Sacred Space slash Between the Worlds conference in uh, January, and I'm going to be at Convocation in February in, in Detroit. And up, I'm w- waiting to see what other groups are going to be doing their stuff. I hope to see you at Mystic South when, whenever that happens again. This is also I'm, all uh, I'm hoping for I an love, announcement soon. I am too. Uh, but I'm just putting out there, if you have a, a conference or, a, or an event or, or a big enough bookstore, I love to travel. I, I mean, I canceled ugh, 16 traveling gigs last year because of COVID. 
So my normal yep. is I like being on the road. So I hope to be there again. Yeah. I do too. Can't wait to hug you in person, my friend. Thank you Indeed. so much for coming on and spending the hour with me. I really appreciate you. I love you too. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap right here. I will see you next week. Have a wonderful week. Take care of each other. Be kind when you can. Good night.